Just a quick heads up that I am currently on maternity leave, which means that the Fertility Co podcast is taking a break. But please don't panic because I'm already working on some exciting things behind the scenes. And when I come back, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a brand new, completely free mini course all about ovulation and finding your fertile window. In the meantime, there are still heaps of ways that you can continue to learn about your fertility and your menstrual cycle while I take a break. If you're just getting started with charting your cycle, you can check out my free fertility roadmap. If you want to dive deeper and learn exactly when you're ovulating, then you can watch my Fix Your Fertility Masterclass. There is, of course, also my Conceive with Confidence workshop series and, of course, my flagship online program, Fertility School. If you want individualized support from a trained fertility educator, that's me, then you can book in to my wait list for a one-on-one consult. And I would love to work with you to achieve your fertility goals in 2024. Spots are strictly limited though. And links to all of those resources are in the show notes. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Mira Fertility. Mira is the hormone lab that fits in the palm of your hand. Mira uses patent-pending AI technology to track your body's key fertility hormones, luteinizing hormone, estrogen, progesterone, and follicle-stimulating hormone. Tracking your cycles with Mira allows you to conceive faster, understand your hormone health, and predict perimenopause and menopause. How does Mira help to track ovulation? Mira measures actual fertility hormone concentrations with 99% accuracy. Mira is unlike other fertility trackers. It's like having your own mini lab at home because Mira uses similar technology to the fertility lab. With the power of AI, Mira learns about your cycle and gives you personalized and accurate insights about your ovulation and fertility window. And yes, it works for those with irregular cycles and PCOS. Mira syncs your data automatically and eliminates the guesswork. Head to miracare.com and use the code FertilityCo for $40 off all Mira kits and bundles. I'm Rachel and I'm obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist, a natural fertility educator and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition and menstrual cycle health, we'll dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly Googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this stuff? So get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered. Hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class. Hello, and thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of the podcast. This episode is for you if you feel like you are doing all of the things when it comes to tracking your menstrual cycle and ovulation, but for some reason there seems to be just that something missing that things haven't quite clicked into place yet. So when it comes to tracking your basal body temperature in particular, there are so many women that seem to get bogged down in the specifics of the daily temperatures and overanalyzing the numbers instead of looking at the bigger picture, which is, of course, the overall temperature pattern throughout a cycle. 
You probably know by now that I firmly believe you can get all of the information that you need by simply observing your cervical mucus patterns. But tracking your basal body temperature comes in a very close second place because it can give you some really valuable insights into your cycle. And so in this episode of the podcast, I am sharing the three temperature shifts that you should be tracking with every cycle and what they can tell you about ovulation, your next period, and it may even reveal to you one of the early earliest signs of pregnancy. So let's begin by talking about what your basal body temperature is and what it can tell you about your fertility and why we track it throughout our menstrual cycle. So charting your basal body temperature, which we often shorten to BBT, can be combined with charting your mucus if you want that extra indicator of ovulation and where you are at in your menstrual cycle. If you can clearly identify fertile mucus and you're feeling really confident in tracking those changes throughout your cycle, then you might not need to track your temperature. But if you want a backup, if you want a second source of information, or if you're not seeing clear differences in your mucus throughout your cycle, then you may find tracking your temperature helpful. So what are we actually looking for when we're tracking our body temperature? Basal body temperature is the body's resting temperature after at least four to six hours of uninterrupted sleep. So it's assessed by taking your body temperature orally first thing in the morning after waking up and before any physical activity. The most accurate readings are given before we start moving around for the day. So try to take your temperature as soon as you wake up while you're still lying in bed. So not only is this before you get out of bed to have a wee, before you get up and pop the kettle on, this is before you really start to move at all. It's before you roll over to have a cuddle with your partner, before you start playing on your phone. As soon as you wake up, and I like to say as soon as you're in that half awake, half asleep state where you know you're awake, but you're not yet ready to open your eyes, you pop your thermometer in your mouth. So you leave it on your bedside table the night before, pop it in your mouth for a couple of minutes. When it beeps, take it out of your mouth. You can check your temperature and add it to your chart for the day, or you can just pop it straight back on the bedside table without looking at it. And then when you're actually getting out of bed later, you're a little bit more alert and awake, then you can turn the temperature back on and look at the last recorded temperature. That way you're in a better state to actually remember the number on the screen and write it down. So to do it this way, you will need to use basal body temperature thermometer or an ovulation thermometer. And that's an oral thermometer uh, correct to two decimal places for Celsius or one decimal place for Fahrenheit. Since having a baby and when tracking my temperature now, I no longer use an oral thermometer. So these are, of course, very handy, very affordable. You can grab one from the chemist. But the problem with an oral thermometer is that you need that four to six hours of uninterrupted sleep, which for me right now is not happening. So I invested in a temp drop tracker. So I wear this on my arm all night and it syncs up with an app in the morning and it tells me my overnight body resting temperature. So this has been incredibly useful in tracking the return of my fertility, especially when my mucus patterns aren't as clear cut as they were pre-pregnancy. The temp drop is great because it eliminates a lot of the margins for error compared to an oral thermometer. And I'll talk about those margins for error a little bit later. But if you're just getting started with tracking, then an oral thermometer is absolutely fine. So I'll share some more information about the temp drop tracker in the show notes too, if you're interested. 
The best advice that I can give you is to try not to overanalyze your temperature reading every day. So sometimes our temperature for the day can be off. Maybe we didn't sleep well. Maybe we were hot and bothered. Maybe we slept in for another couple of hours. It's very common and completely normal to see one or two wonky temperatures that are unexpectedly high or low and don't make much sense in the context of a complete chart. It's important to know that this is normal, but it's the reason why you can't rely just on temperature to tell you if you're fertile compared to mucus, which can tell you what's going on that day. What we want to look at with our temperature is the overall pattern throughout our cycle because the day after ovulation, our temperature rises and it will stay high until our next period. So that is the perfect transition into the three temperature shifts that we are going to be looking out for. There are three key temperature shifts that can occur within a cycle, and these shifts can give you incredible insight into where you are in your cycle, whether you've ovulated, and it might be one of those early signs of pregnancy as well. The reason that these temperature shifts occur is due to the hormone progesterone. So this is the hormone that surges in the second half of your cycle after ovulation has happened, and it's the hormone that wants pregnancy to happen. It's the key hormone in establishing and maintaining pregnancy. And when an egg is released from a follicle inside the ovary at ovulation, the follicle that remains behind becomes the corpus luteum. And it's the corpus luteum that secretes progesterone. And this occurs during the luteal phase of the cycle after ovulation. If the fertilized egg implants in the endometrium and pregnancy has occurred, our progesterone levels will remain high to maintain the pregnancy. If the egg wasn't fertilized, progesterone levels will drop quite suddenly, causing the endometrial lining to shed and your next period to occur. So understanding how your progesterone levels fluctuate throughout a typical menstrual cycle will help you to understand and predict what your basal body temperature will also be doing. Because if you look at this visually, you would see that the rise and the fall of progesterone levels and basal body temperature are very similar. So key temperature shift number one can help you to confirm ovulation. And basal body temperature is used to retrospectively confirm ovulation. And this means that your cervical mucus will give you a more accurate real-time indication of when ovulation is both approaching through wet fertile quality mucus that we see in our fertile window. But basal body temperature can help us to confirm when it has happened. And we know that there's that shift of mucus back to dry as well. So it does this by a rise in body temperature of 0.2 to 0.5 degrees that remains high until your next period. Ovulation will usually occur the day before we see the temperature shift, the last day of low temperatures, but it can be delayed for some women. If your peak day, the last day of fertile mucus, doesn't line up with your temperature rise, which might happen one to two days later, you should always, always go by your cervical mucus as the key fertile sign and use the last day of fertile mucus as ovulation day. And then use that upward shift in basal body temperature to help you to confirm that your mucus observations were correct. If your fertile mucus stops and you shift to a dry sensation or sticky mucus and you don't observe this upward temperature shift at all, then there is a chance ovulation has not occurred and your body might need to attempt ovulation again, meaning fertile mucus will also be returning. It's basal body temperature that can help you to confirm this. 
With experience, you will learn when it happens for you based on your mucus peak day. We would then expect our basal body temperature to remain high until our next period. We can confirm that we have definitely had a temperature rise when three consecutive temperatures are higher than the previous six. So basal body temperature taken for the first three days after ovulation will be higher than the six previous days. Now let's talk about key temperature shift number two, which we can use to predict our period. The day that your basal body temperature drops again, you will likely get your period around that same day, maybe the next day. And it's the best way to wake up knowing that it's arriving so you don't get caught out. If you are trying to conceive, please don't feel too disheartened by one low temperature because remember, we can get some wonky temperatures in there, including a lower temperature post-ovulation. It is handy to know this information, however, because it means you won't get caught out if your period does arrive. This temperature drop occurs due to the drop in progesterone when the body realizes it it isn't pregnant. And so it starts preparing to shed the thickened endometrial lining as your next period. It's the pregnancy hormone after all, so levels will drop if pregnancy hasn't happened. A quick note here as well, if you have already taken a pregnancy test and gotten a positive, please stop tracking your body temperature. I speak to a lot of women who continue to track their body temperature after they've confirmed a pregnancy and they panic if their temperature does suddenly drop because they're worried that this is leading to pregnancy loss. So as soon as you have seen you've received a positive pregnancy test, put that thermometer away and do not use it anymore because it's going to cause a lot of stress, a lot of analysis that you really don't need in this early pregnancy. Let's talk now about key temperature shift number three, a sign of implantation. And once again, if you are trying to conceive, don't be too disheartened if you don't see this one, as this isn't necessarily detectable for all pregnancies. Implantation is the final step of conception. So first we have ovulation, then fertilization, then implantation, and then during each menstrual cycle, a follicle within one of the ovaries will rupture, release that egg at ovulation, and the egg will then travel into the fallopian tube where it needs to be fertilized by viable sperm in the next 24 to 48 hours. The egg is then transported down into the uterus, and like I've said, if it's fertilized, it will implant into the endometrium, and from here, the egg will develop into a fetus. So implantation usually occurs about 12 to 14 days after ovulation. This can be variable though, and it can be as early as about seven days. And the whole process takes about 24 to 48 hours. So this is why we need our luteal phase to be at least 10 days long and why it's usually anywhere from 10 to 17 days long, because we need to give our body enough time for implantation to occur. And this is why it's so important to look at things like our progesterone levels when trying to conceive to really make sure it's allowing our luteal phase to be long enough for implantation to occur. So the temperature spike that we see at ovulation is due to the sudden surge in progesterone levels produced by the corpus luteum that forms from what remains of the ovarian follicle after ovulation. And the jump is anywhere from 0.2 to 0.5 degrees, and it's our way of confirming ovulation. 
You may see a second surge in temperature, not as obvious as the ovulation surge. So it may not be 0.2 to 0.5 degrees, but you may notice a subtle upward shift on your chart, a second jump in temperature anywhere from about a week after ovulation. And this could be a sign that implantation has occurred. Not seeing this doesn't mean you're not pregnant though. So stick with your charting principles that you hopefully are familiar with by now. And if you know the length of your luteal phase, and if you're not seeing a drop in basal body temperature around the time you're expecting your next period, then you can consider taking a pregnancy test. But like I said, once you've confirmed a positive, please stop checking your temperature. I want to touch a little bit on temperature dips as well, because some women may notice an implantation dip or an ovulation dip in the day before ovulation happens or the day before potentially implantation happens. And you will see a lower than average temperature the day before that upward surge. So I don't often talk about this dip because I don't think it's a significant thing to be looking out for because it doesn't happen for everyone. It can add to the confusion. It's one more thing to be looking for. And because the spike in temperature is actually a lot more important than the dip. And a lot of people tend to focus on this dip instead of the spike. Not all women will experience a dip before ovulation, just as they may not see a dip at implantation, but it's typically one day of lower temperature followed by a surge. So it's a fun thing to look out for, but doesn't happen for everyone. To finish off, I want to talk about why basal body temperature can be unreliable. Because like I've said, sometimes we can get some wonky temperatures. And there are a number of factors that can influence your basal body temperature. And some women find that they're particularly sensitive to even minor disruptions. So everyone is going to be affected differently here. Some of the common factors to think about might just be an error in recording. So if you have a drink of water and then you put your oral thermometer in your mouth, you're going to impact the recording. Other things like illness and fever, interrupted sleep patterns, not actually getting that four to six hours of uninterrupted sleep before you um, test, as well as alcohol, stress, shift work, travel, especially across time zones and some medication as well. So you could take your temperature orally three times in the morning, and it is highly likely you would get three different temperatures. This is why you don't need to fixate on the numbers themselves, but the pattern compared to the day before and the day after. So it's these kinds of situations where trackers like the temp drop can be really handy in eliminating some of these factors. If you're finding that you're not making sense of your readings from an oral thermometer, or you're finding that even minor disruptions are disrupting your readings. So just a quick episode today, but I just want to recap um, what we've actually talked about. So we talked about what your basal body temperature can actually tell you about your fertility. We talked about what we're actually looking at when tracking our body temperature. And we talked about your options for recording your basal body temperature as well. So we've got the oral thermometer option if you're just getting started. And then we've got the temp drop tracker, which is a little bit more of an investment, but can be incredibly handy if you're in a postpartum period like me, if you're a shift worker, or if you're finding that you're particularly sensitive to disruption disruptions in your readings from an oral thermometer. And most importantly of all, we talked about those three key temperature shifts. So we talked about the shift to help you confirm ovulation. We talked about the shift to help you predict your period. And we talked about 
a shift as a sign of implantation as well. And we touched on temperature dips before ovulation and implantation, why they're not as important, but why they can also happen. And finally, we wrapped up with why basal body temperature can be unreliable and some of your options for what to do about that. So I hope you found this episode helpful. I get a lot of questions about basal body temperature tracking. So I hope that I've helped you to clarify what to look for and really emphasize that you do not need to fixate on the numbers day by day, because looking at a number on one day isn't giving you much information. It's that overall pattern that we need to look at instead. So you can get today's show notes with everything I talked about in this episode, as well as links to freebies and other related episodes all over at fertilityco.com.au forward slash 61. And shout out to Mirror Fertility for sponsoring this episode of the podcast as well. So you can get some more information about Mirror on the show notes or at fertilityco.com.au forward slash Mirror, M-I-R-A. Bye for now. And don't forget that knowledge is power. When you truly understand your body, you are empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Until next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Fertility Co. podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Fertility Co., slide on into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit fertilityco.com.au forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time. Let's talk about TempDrop. TempDrop's wearable sensor and accompanying charting app brings the full fertility tracking solution right to your phone, where the TempDrop sensor on your upper arm during sleep and then just sync to the charting app whenever it's convenient for you. TempDrop believes that every woman should be empowered and equipped with the knowledge to take control of their body. Sound familiar? That's where TempDrop steps in to provide clear, science-backed technology to help you to better track your cycle. I only recommend products that I use and love, and I love my TempDrop tracker. You can get 10% off your tracker with the code AFFertilityCo or head to fertilityco.com.au forward slash TempDrop for more information.